G'day everyone, Rob here. How are you all doing? How's your weekend going? Or whatever day you might be listening to this uh, audio on. I'm doing very well, thank you very much. Uh, We are halfway today, the date of release of this podcast, between our last episode of the Doctor Who show, which was on my favourite adversary, the Cybermen. Have you heard that episode yet? Hopefully you have. And our next episode of the show, which, as we said at the end of last episode, Dave won't be appearing on because he's overseas, but through some tricky magic, he is actually going to appear on that episode in two weeks' time, as are some uh, friends of the show. And I can't say too much about that, so uh, mum's the word for now, but it's going to be quite cool, so look out for that in two weeks' time. Tonight, though, we have something special from Dave. It's, it seems when Dave goes away, we, we hear more from Dave than in a normal month. But anyway, that's by the by. In this episode, Dave and his good mate down in Victoria, Richard, sit down to discuss the latest Spider-Man movie. Now, I know not all of you may be fans of uh, the Marvel Universe. I myself have only seen half of the Marvel films. But for those of you who are fans, and I know there are plenty of them out there, this is a, a fun half-hour chat between Dave and Richard just talking about the film. They go spoil free for the first few minutes and then they rip into the spoilers so of course advance warning if you haven't seen the film it's probably not a good podcast to listen to at this point in time so without any further ado here's dave and richard talking about it all i won't be coming back at the end of the episode to tail things off and it'll it'll end with some fabulous uh, spider-man music and i'll see you in about two weeks time uh for a very special episode of the doctor who show see you then Hello and welcome to the Doctor Who Show Reviews. I'm Dave. I'm Richard. And we have assembled once again, like the Avengers, to talk about the latest in the Marvel Cinematic Universe franchise, and that is Spider-Man Far From Home. So, once again, this is just a conversation we're having because, hey, we're fans of the movies and we wanted to have a chat about it and we thought we might as well share that with you. And also because we had some really good feedback from people on our review of Avengers Endgame. So thank you to everybody who listened and we hope you enjoyed this one as well. As always, we'll have a bit of a general conversation just about our views and a couple of general points before we dive into spoiler territory and we'll very clearly delineate where that is happening. But... Spoiler free, before we go any further, Richard, what did you think of Spider-Man Far From Home? I really enjoyed it. It's a very different movie, and I know a lot of people have picked this up. It's a very different movie from Endgame. It's a much smaller movie, I guess, in terms of yes. scope. But you can't have Endgame all the time, so you know you can't be the, the threat to end the universe every week. So, no, I, I thought this was a really, really good return. It's a great Spider-Man movie. Yeah, I enjoyed it as well. I thought it was a very entertaining movie. I will admit, like others, as you say, it took me a little while to kind of get in the headspace for this. Not just because it's not Endgame, but because we've had this run of Infinity War, Captain Marvel... Big movies, yeah. Endgame, which were all very big, high-concept movies. And, and indeed setting up the end of Phase 3, if you like. Yeah. Absolutely. There, there was a level to them, there was a layer to them, there was a tone to them that... You're right. It can only happen as you build towards it. Mm. And this wasn't that sort of film. So there was a little bit of adjustment for me in just getting back to the... This is just a almost self-contained... Almost. Almost. An almost self-contained, <laughs> just fun romp. Yep. And it did that really well. Tom Holland, look, he's got a lot of kudos for his role as Spider-Man. Weird to think this is now his fifth movie in the role. It is. And I 
think he's contracted for six, is that right? I think it's one of those contracts that if they want him, they have him for life, yeah. so to speak. But yeah, um, I, th- I think there's only one left on his original contract. I think. Right, okay. And, and indeed, look, one sort of non-spoiler thing I will say, this is very clearly set up for Spider-Man 3 at the end. Oh, very, very much so. Yes. As you alluded to there, Richard, this is the last movie of Phase 3. Originally, mm-hmm. Endgame was going to be the finale, yeah. but now they've said, actually, no, we'll put this sort of button on the end of the phase. And I think you probably needed the, the sort of, without going into spoilers, you probably needed the aftermath movie, so before you sort of kick into Phase 4, just so you can see the dust settle and, and how the events of Endgame uh, are going to start to pan out. Absolutely, and look, I've got some comments on that, mm-hmm. so perhaps, unless you've got anything else, we'll dive now into the spoiler territory. Uh, no, I haven't, and indeed, up goes the spoiler curtain. Absolutely, and not just spoilers for Homecoming, but also for Endgame, Infinity War. Basically, we're going to spoil every other Marvel movie. Yep. So, spoilers, here we come. Mm-hmm. Well, it does have... Yeah, spoilers! <laughs> so, Richard, let's pick up on that point you raised there. I thought that this did as good a job as it could, but not a very satisfying one in some ways, of being the Aftermath movie, in that this had to deal with what happened during the snap, or the blip as they now call it. Yes. It also wasn't going to be a movie about that. No. So I think given those restrictions, it did as good a job as it could, but I was left a little bit unsatisfied, and I accept that that's just how it has to be. I guess... In some ways, it's sort of they have that initial discussion where you get the kids talking about it you know, on the on the school news feed yes. about what happened, and that's really a case of okay. Now we've sort of talked about how the blip affected everybody. Now we can sort of get on with the story. There are the Marvel television series go about to go into production or already in production, and I suspect maybe you'll get some more stuff around how the blip affected people. Maybe in those? Yeah, maybe. Because I must say, look, I really enjoyed that opening. So we have the cold open with Nick Fury. Yep. Then we get into that opening. We, we have the theme of the bodyguard, I Will Always Love You, <laughs> coming in over the Marvel theme, which was, it was a moment of just, guys, this is going to be a very different movie. And I must have been asking the audience going, okay. Where are we going with Where are we this, going yeah. with this? And I... That then news report, as you said, is very well done. The the footage of people just blinking out of existence, mm. to me, that just sort of really showed a horror that we I don't think did see in Endgame or Infinity War. In no. the whilst we saw our regulars and superheroes disappearing, that idea of just sitting there watching a school basketball game and literally half your class, yeah, just like like that's a terrifying. It, idea. it is, and no, it's not something they really dealt with. I mean, the only other scene you can think of. Uh, is there is the end of Ant-Man and the Wasp, mm. obviously, where you see the Pims disappear and, and, you know, Ant-Man's expecting to pull him back out of the quantum realm. But, yeah, you don't actually really see initially how it affects everyday people. No, and so that was really powerful. And to then sort of go, well, we've talked, we've covered that and move on. I, I Look, I, I think it was the right thing for the film, mm. don't get me wrong, but it did leave me sort of going, oh, I kind of want more of that. I also love the way that this was put together. It was exposition without being too exposition-y. Yep. I, I love the fact that they clearly tried to make it look like a high school production with that sort of 
maudlin gauche teen <laughs> sensibilities. Uh, the, the, the the photo of Vision, which was very clearly you know a, a low res photo blown up. <laughs> Just, you know, the, the slightly stilted delivery of the of the two hosts, that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah, it was it was very well done, but. We're labouring on this a little bit because it is emblematic of the movie mm. having to be the button and the final wrap-up of yep. Endgame, but also wanting to be its own movie. Mm. It has chosen to be its own movie first and foremost. That is the right decision, but it, it, you do have to get yourself away from Endgame. Yes. It, it is a huge shadow that it falls in. Mm. That brings us to Peter and his crew, who clearly were all snapped. Yep, that's right, with the exception of the one kid who's now back five years older. Uh, yeah, so that's actually Remy High, who is an Australian actor. Right. And he actually starred in a little, it won heaps of awards here, a series called The Better Man, where he played Van Nguyen, who was at that stage the last, oh, yes. the okay. last Australian yes, to be yes. ex- executed okay. for drug trafficking over, overseas. Yes. Uh, he was really good at that one. He won the Upcomers Logie or something that time. Right, so okay. He's a really big deal um, in Australia. Big on Neighbours as well, I think. Well, there you go. There's some acting cred for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, Chris Hemsworth got his start on Australian soap operas, so... No, absolutely. Uh, what did you think of the crew here, Richard? That was one of the unresolved questions, I think, when they said that, that Spider-Man Far From Home was to be the next. Well, what actually happened to all his friends and, and classmates during the blip? Because you can't have MJ or Ned come back five years older, really. So most of his class must have got Thanos. Yes. So And, and they do, do the joke there about having a licence that says you're 21, but you're really only 16. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah, that's true. So the classmates this time probably really took a back seat, with, with the exception of, of um, MJ. I mean, look, Ned really didn't have anything like as big a role as he did in the first one. No, which surprised me because he was a very big part of the first one, yeah. almost the breakout star in some he ways was, in the first really. one. And he's almost relegated to comic relief here, he which, is. which is a shame. Plus, of course, you've got Flash, who's really just there to be the, the, the dick character, basically. Uh, yes. Played really well. I actually thought that... Um, Although you do get a... I was just going to say, you do get a bit more of an insight into him. Um, clearly, you know, look, he has the thing where he, he rings home and his parents aren't there. And then at yes. the end of the movie, he comes home and it's just the driver there to pick him up, you know, and he says, oh, couldn't mum come or something. So you, you sort of get an idea. And I mean, he also admits when they're trapped in the in the vault that, you know, he, he posts stupid videos online so people are like him. You know, he's clearly got some underlying issues. Uh, yeah, you're, you're right. And in the same way that Ned sort of went from main character to comic relief, mm. Flash almost broke out of comic relief mm. to almost being a, a proper character. Yeah. But but perhaps not quite. I was a little critical of Zendaya's performance as MJ in the first one. I liked it more in this one. I think because the movie knows what it wants to do with her this time and it's uh, not playing games. No. I suppose in the first one she's not really the focus really, even of Peter Parker's attention. She's just sort of the, the you know, the character in the background, the the sort of snarky, sarcastic character in the yeah. background. Whereas here obviously he's really interested in her. His whole purpose of going away is is really to tell her how he feels about her and, and obviously that hope that she'll reciprocate. Yeah, I, I thought she did a lot better with the better yeah. material here. Yeah. One thing I will note, just before we move off the, the kids, for what was supposed to be a science trip, they didn't actually really seem to go to a lot of science places. Well, that is lampshaded a bit by the teachers as well. Yeah, true. Right. And, and I guess that's because, as we find out, it's uh, Mysterio is... Yeah, suddenly upgrading them and getting yeah. them entrance to things. But you would think if they were going to switch, they might go to CERN or something like that. So, 
But yeah, anyway, that, it, it, that's a minor quibble. It, it was a little bit of a conceit to get into the movie. Yes. yes. <laughs> Speaking of, let's move on to the big aspect of the movie, which is Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio. Mm. I really liked his performance. Yeah, I did too. I thought he was really good. At what point did you see the twist coming? Um, there's probably two parts to that. I mean, look, if you know much about Spider-Man, look, Mysterio is a Spider-Man villain. So clearly there was obviously a game going on here at some point. When they have the big reveal, I was a bit like, oh, wow, so that's where you go. That's how you're going to do this. And when he's suddenly like, oh, well, you get this stupid suit of armour off. Yes. I was sort of like, oh, wow, that's how you're going with this. But yeah, I mean, you probably go in knowing he's going to be the bad guy. Well, you see, I didn't. Right, because okay. As I said in the last review, I've never read a Marvel comic. Yep. I, see, I, I watch these films simply as a fan of film. Okay. So I, I, I go in without knowing who the hell Mysterio is, other right. than the guy played by Jack Gyllenhaal in this. Okay. Certainly, I started to wonder where they were going with it towards the end of that big fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bit where he does the, whatever happens from here on, just remember, and then you think he's about to sacrifice himself, yeah. and he survives. I was sort of going, okay, Where's this going? Mm-hmm. My actual initial thought was that it was going to be another Mysterio from another parallel universe. Oh, okay. And I thought maybe maybe yep. a evil Mirror Universe Mysterio has <laughs> substituted himself in at that point. But then we find, of course, the whole multiverse thing is a complete fabrication. Which was interesting because one of the big things really at the end of Endgame was... That you know, there there is now alternate timelines because they've moved the stones around. You know, because Captain America goes back in time at the end of the movie, is he capped from an alternate timeline, or how does that work? And really, here they just shoot that whole idea down. Really? Uh, yeah, they really do. And, and, and again, it was a very effective twist mm. because I saw something coming. I didn't see that coming at all. No, that, as I said, that bit did really blindside me when it just suddenly found it's all an illusion, which I guess I suppose is the character of Mysterio, isn't it? But and, and certainly by the time we got to the, well, if you want to give me the glasses, you know, I, like I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, at that stage I knew that this was something yeah. was up. And I, and I think the movie assumes that the audience is cluing in at that point. Yeah. The fact that, that Jake can then give basically a five-minute exposition scene and still be funny and entertaining is a real credit <laughs> to the writing and his performance. Because mm. literally, they just stand there and go, right, let me now explain the plot to yes, you. Yes, indeed, as they go around his crew. Yeah. Yes, including finding some actor who had one line in an Iron Man many, many years ago mm-hmm. and clearly has got a phone call going, hey, dude, do you want to be the main henchman in the, in the new Spider-Man? Uh, see, and it just proves that thing. Nothing in the Marvel Universe is uh, is random. <laughs> no, absolutely. And the way they put everything in was really good. But I, I really liked the character. I liked mm. the way he was played. I liked mm. the motivation for him. I think that sometimes in movies where you have a character whose motivation is I hate the good guy, and I, I think, for example, of the Riddler in the Batman film. Yeah. Where it's like, Bruce Wayne is nice to me. I'm going to become a bad guy. Like, that didn't work. But in this one, Tony Stark as much of a hero as he is, Mm. was a prick. Indeed. And you see, you know, these guys have obviously developed tech while I've been working for Stark and he's just appropriated for whatever it is he needs at that moment. Yeah, so I was able to believe that Stark was a big enough motivation for Mm. these guys to Mm. to go go rogue without it undermining Iron Man and Tony Stark. And look, I, I don't have much more to say. He just was a really effective performance. I note that unlike Michael Keating's Vulture, who very clearly is back at some point, this would seem to be the end of Mysterio. Uh, well, potentially, yes. And, and I guess you've kind of got to do that. Like, you can't have every villain survive and can't go on. Like, occasionally, 
they have to fall. So, some of them have to die, yes. Yeah. Any other comments from you? No, not really. As we've said, I thought he was really, really good in this. Likewise. So we'll get to more general topics, but a couple of specific ones. The big conclusion, let's start with the, the ending. Mm-hmm. I thought it wasn't the best final battle scene we've seen. It was perfectly good. And I gave it points for trying to do something that wasn't a giant sky portal. Yes, look, I, I thought... I mean, you could see in some ways it was going to happen. You know, he gets his Peter Tingle back. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and, yes. that's, and that's... And look, that was quite a funny joke the first couple of times yep. they used it. But, you know, he obviously he gets his spidey sense back at the end of the movie. And that, that's how he defeats Mysterio. But look, I thought it was effective enough ending. So you go through the whole thing, what's real, what's not, and again, he gets his Peter Tingle back and he's able to, to just rack on instinct. Yeah, it was visually very well done. Yeah, it was. They were trying to do something different. I, I did feel there was a threat. I mm. actually felt, even though you know that Spider-Man's going to make it to the end real, I did feel a bit of tension there. I thought the stuff with Jean Favreau and the kids yeah. you know, in the, in the <laughs> Tower of London, again, you kind of assume they're going to get out of there, but it genuinely... Yeah, you were, I mean, they were facing down the drones, so, yeah. yeah. So that, that was all very good. We then move on to the first credit scene. Yes. Which was probably the moment that got the biggest cheer in the audience that I saw it with. So I, I saw it a couple of days after it came out, first big session after yep. work, big cinema, yep. big audience. And, yeah, when J. Jonah Jameson came on screen. Yeah, who is actually a return from the Sony Spider-Man movies. Yeah, J.K. Simmons. Yes, but here's a direct link, because there's always been this thing, well, do we, what do we do with the Sony universe and what happens? Because you notice none of the villains really mm. um, have been recycled or anything like that. But yeah, he is a direct lift from the original Spider-Man movie. Yeah, so, and, and the audience I saw with will love that. Yeah, but again, he's I, really good. Too, he's but... really good. And again, they've very cleverly taken him from being a newspaper editor, which mm-hmm. is very appropriate for past decades. Yes. Not so much for now, and, and made him that sort of internet website shock jock yep. type person um, really effective and really clever yeah I wasn't expecting him to go to the length of revealing Spider-Man's secret identity that actually was a bit like oh wow actually you, you've gone there wow yeah and again the audience I was with there was a, there was a physical like, wow yeah and then cut yep we then get to the final credit scene mm-hmm. which first of all the twist is that it's not Nick Fury it's no the, the, the Skrull yep and, and Maria Hill yep and Maria Hill then you see them talking to somebody, you think, oh, wow, like, who, who, who are they reporting back to? Like, who are they working yep. for? And it twisties that he's actually Nick Fury. He's actually Nick, yep. Then you pull back, and Nick Fury is on the ship with more Skrull. Yep. Clearly going somewhere. Mm-hmm. And that, that's clearly part of the big, you know, what's happening in Phase 4. Yes. Well, I, I know one of the big guesses is they're going to do a, a storyline for the comics called Secret Invasion. And there was the mention earlier of the secret Kree sleeper cells. Yeah. Which, I, again, one of those moments that was almost throw away, but because it's a mm-hmm. Marvel film, you're like, okay. Yes, we're <laughs> setting something up. Um, yep. Did you suspect anything with Nick Fury before that scene? No. Okay, I did. Right. Only because he spent a lot of time, and maybe this is just me seeing things, yeah. action, he spent a lot of time with his eye patch as though he wasn't comfortable with it. Okay, yeah. He kept, he kept moving his eye patch. Now, I thought maybe it was a reference to the fact that we've now seen how that happened in Captain Marvel and mm. and, and all the rest of it. But that now to me, I think, was a clue that this isn't the real Nick Fury. Yeah, and I, I know people have picked up on also, he says, when they talk, when he introduces Mysterio, he says, like, Beck's from Earth, just not yours. Right. Because in the trailer, he says ours, but they've actually changed it to yours when you get into the movie. So oh, I, right. think, 
people did pick up on that as another like, you know, hey, look, something's not right here. Yes, but look, a very definite way to say in the first one, we'll be back for Spider-Man 3. Yeah. And this is going to be different. Yes. And, and also, don't think that because Endgame's on, this is it. We've got some big stuff to do. Indeed. And I assume that Captain Marvel 2 will probably be a big part in setting that up. Mm-hmm. A couple of general points then about the plot. Obviously here we have the romance with Spider-Man and MJ. Did that work for you? Yeah, I, it did. I mean, look, I, I can remember sort of being 16, 17 myself and probably that clumsy, awkward sort of, you know, does she really like me? Like, I'm not really sure. Hey, look, there's another guy talking to her. Now I'm really jealous. You know, that sort of insecurity probably of being a teenager. I thought that came really well. I, I would make the perhaps slightly snarky point that I hope they get Spider-Man 3 out soon because... I would have to say, I think given another few years, Tom Holland is going to be a bit too old, I think, to be playing a, a teenager. But that's being really pedantic. Yeah, that, look, that's fair. The other thing I'll say generally is I really enjoyed the scope of the setting of the movie, the mm-hmm. way that they actually did make it feel as though they were moving through Yeah, York. and they did use the locations really well. Yeah, they really made Venice work well. Yep. Everyone uses New York well. Mm. London, it was a slightly different part of London to what we normally see. Mm-hmm. They used the Shard. Uh, they used Tower Bridge. I did like the joke about Americans think it's London Bridge. <laughs> they used the Tower. Yep. Uh, so that that was really good. So there, there, there was a lot to enjoy in this. So let's move from there into the things we liked. Mm-hmm. I will say, look, Tom Holland's performance is one. Yep. I will say that the European setting is one. Yep. One thing we haven't mentioned is the first big con- confrontation between Spider-Man and Mysterio. That was amazingly well shot. Yeah, it was. I genuinely didn't know where we were going. I didn't know how this was going to resolve. It looked fantastic. Right up to the point at which Peter Parker gets hit by the train. Yeah. That was just a mind-blowingly good and powerful. And they talk about how you run a movie. and Every movie requires that moment when it looks like the hero's defeated and everything's lost. And you hit the low point before you move back towards the conclusion. And... Sometimes those are really artificial and really cheesy. Mm. This one really felt to me like Peter just not knowing where he was going. No, it was really set up well because it is that whole thing, you know, he has several goes at, at resetting what, what he thinks reality is. Yes. Um, then you have the scene, you know, where you see Nick Fury come out and, and appears to shoot Mysterio. And then, of course, yeah, he falls straight into the trap. So, no, I, I thought that was really, really well done. Any other really high points for you, Richard? I think the whole movie was really well done, to be <laughs> honest. So if I went and saw it a second time, maybe I'd start picking more bits out of it that perhaps don't quite work. But I have to say, for the two hours I was in the cinema, I actually was really thoroughly entertained watching this. Yeah, likewise. I certainly wasn't looking at my watch or anything like no. that. Uh, you mentioned nitpicking, Richard, so we'll just mention a few things that perhaps we didn't enjoy. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, they're all real nitpickers. There weren't just sort of bad performances or anything no, like that. No, I didn't that. think there was either, but... I did think that we are now in that place with the Avengers movie where having created this world, you really are struggling to not have the other Avengers in standalone films. Mm-hmm. And that sense of where are the other Avengers is something. And yes, you can't excuse it, but it, it just feels a little bit like, well, this is a, they're not here because this is a solo movie. Yeah. I mean, they, they sort of give the, the cursory, I guess, two or three of them aren't available. Yes. Um, and then we just sort of gloss over the others. 
Uh, yes. I mean, but I mean, I guess having Earl Jackson gets to do his bitch, please. You've been to space. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing is, look, I know that when it's clearly going down the whole scroll thing, mm. I'm not a fan of shapeshifters in movies because I think the problem is it's kind of like death in the Stephen Moffat era. If you're looking for it to sort of all be reversed or not to matter, it's kind of hard to invest in a film. So if yeah. you're watching a film about shape changes and like every time a character is in trouble or in peril or killed or shot and you're going, well, I guess it's just the shape change. Yeah. That's kind of a, a dramatic issue for me. I don't really like. Yeah. And, and, and I've got to say, finally, I would have very happily deleted the romance plot from this movie. Maybe it's because I wasn't chasing girls when I was 16. Yeah. But it just... Look, I get it, uh, but I, and I get it's, it's part, part of, of Spider-Man. That's the thing, it probably is part of Spider-Man. I, I get that, I just have no interest in watching a nerdy 16-year-old fumbling around a girl. Like, <laughs> there, there, there are thousands of movies that have that plot, I've seen it done, I've, I, I love a good rom-com, but to me, I was I just like, I, I just didn't her, care. I suppose it gave her a chance to open as well, I mean, she sort of does the thing, you know, her being sarcastic and snarky and everything all the time really is a shield that, you know, she has problems getting close to people and she's really as inexperienced in the dark as he is. Look, I, I, I get that. Um, I'm not... It wasn't a big deal. Mm. It's just that if, if I could have taken it out, I would have. Yep. Uh, but she does do a good performance. I like that they let her work out who Spider-Man is. Yeah. And that we haven't got that conceit of nobody can work out that this guy's always missing at the inappropriate time and even Remy High's character does the whole are we, are we not going to talk about this like <laughs> every time Spider-Man turns up Peter's not here yeah and then of course she gets to have a bitchy little scene with Ned where who's known him longer and who's known his Spider-Man longer <laughs> yeah so that, that that was really good I have to say on mine look the two teachers were obviously there as comedy relief and look one of them was J.B. Smooth so that's pretty cool yeah but I did find some of their ineptitude probably grading a little bit by the end Yes, there is a point at which they were actually too incompetent to be believable. Mm. And and that was a joke that outstayed its welcome. It worked for, for a while. Uh, and I did like the thing that I'm sure many tourists have experienced of the whole, you didn't look up, it was closed on Saturdays. <laughs> <laughs> look, that, that was really good. We haven't mentioned here John Favreau properly as Happy Hogan. No. Who, look, for the guy who basically created the MCU. Yeah, really. He was really good in this. He is really good in this. And perhaps that should bring us to the final scene I want to highlight, which again, really subtle, but so effective, which is the Spider-Man stepping into Iron Man's shoes. Mm. In that they, they don't have to say it, they don't have to do it, they just show him starting to work on the tech and do that stuff that Tony Stark used to do. Yeah, and designing his new suit and all the options he wants in and out and he's actually moving, yep. And just happy gives him the look and it's nothing more than that. And that could have been really cheesy and really overblown. Mm. That was really classy. Mm. And I think that for a movie that was sort of hanging itself off who is the new Iron Man and is Spider-Man ready, yep. that was a really well done scene. I suppose the underlying thing is, though, look, he's still a 16 or 17-year-old kid. So, look, you'd have to make the point longer term. Look, he is probably not going to fill Tony Stark's shoes. But I do think for this particular thing, look, obviously he's stepped up for this. You know, he realises he's the one on the spot, so he's the one who's really got to take control of the situation and resolve this one. But underlying that is the fact he's still a kid, so... Yeah, look, I've, I've still got my personal theory that the kid from the funeral in Endgame is going to be the new Iron Man, but, yep. but well, I, look, I have no idea how that plays out. And I mean, <laughs> The actor who play him is, unsurprisingly, when asked, would you mind being the new Iron Man, he's like, yeah, that would be pretty cool. <laughs> 
<laughs> but that's that's where we are at the moment. So on that note, mm. what's next? Well, look, as we said at the top, it's very clearly set up for Spider-Man 3. Yes, I think it's also very clearly set up for Captain Marvel 2. Yes, I think probably with the next Spider-Man, we had a hint at the end of the first Spider-Man movie that we're probably going to see the Scorpion, who is another comic world Spider-Man villain. Whether they go into something like perhaps the Sinister Six, I'm not sure. I mean, look, Spider-Man's got a pretty extensive rogues gallery, so there are characters they can use. It's hard. We did say they haven't sort of recycled any from the five Sony movies. And and I have to praise them. The temptation to just give in and go, hell, let's just do Green Goblin again, Mm. would have been very strong. They haven't, and that's a good thing. No, I mean, unlike DC, where there's now, what, three different versions of the Joker, so... Yeah. <laughs> Four in a couple of months' time. Yes, well, that's true, actually. Well, actually, I wasn't going back and including Jack Nicholson. Oh, but... I'm, I'm always including Jack Nicholson. <laughs> <laughs> and, and interesting enough, I have to say, just, just going off on tangent, I am really, really looking forward to the Joker movie, because that looks seriously disturbed. Yeah, that, that's what's coming up next, I think, and that, that's going to be really good. The, the other what's next point I was going to make is, are we setting up that Nick Fury is going to be more than just the guy on Earth pulling the strings and sort of mm. nudging things in a direction and really actually becoming... He's going to be a major player. A major yeah. player and actually being proactive rather than reactive. That's interesting. Look, the fact that he's on the ship with the scrolls would tend to suggest that very strongly. Yeah. I mean, I guess in terms of what we know is coming, look, we know, and we mentioned it already, but we know there are some TV series coming, and I, I think probably the one that ties directly into Endgame is the Falcon as Captain America and the Winter Soldier series. There is also the one with Vision and Scarlet Witch, but I think that's set in the past. Yeah. Not, 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 not looking forward to that <laughs> not one? Not looking forward to that one. No. And look, we know there are other movies in production. I think the Black Widow movie will be a standalone. I don't. I don't necessarily think there's going to be too much in the way of links there. Yep. Look, we we know they're going to do a Black Panther two because yep. you know a billion dollars is a billion dollars. Well, that's exactly right. But I, I think probably moving away from those, I do think once we get into Phase Four, there is obviously a lot of stuff we we haven't even dreamt of yet. No, I think there's going to be a whole lot of completely out of the box stuff. that's yep. going to be very interesting, and I look forward to seeing it. So we're in our final thoughts, and I'm not not going to labour these points. I'm just going to say. Tom Holland is once again really, really good. Yep. It's a fun action movie. Yep. It's got a bit of heart. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, likewise. As I said, if I was to see it again, I might start picking some stuff out of it. But having seen it, what, three days ago now, for the two hours I was in the cinema, I was thoroughly entertained by that. It was a lot of fun. Excellent. Well, I hope you've enjoyed our review. We may or may not be back to do... Something in the future. I think I think we're both keen for Joker, though. Yes, I think there will definitely be a Joker discussion. Um, we look forward to your feedback. But I've been Dave. I'm Richard. And we'll talk again soon.